Happy Sunday, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Ask a Lawyer. I'm Kelly J. Lewis, and with me, as always, is Oklahoma Indian Legal Services Executive Director, Stephanie Hudson. How are you, Stephanie? I am doing great today. Well, I wish I could say the same, but I'm livid, and I'm going to ask you the question that is on so many Indian Indians' mind today. <laughs> Yes. What in the heck is going on with the Comanches and the Otos in the state of Oklahoma? Well, I guess what is going on with the Comanches and the Otos is they saw an opportunity to be able to expand their business model and to be able to pay less of the fees that they had been previously paid, that they, they previously had been paying. From what I have seen with the, I'm using the word agreement in hashtags, <laughs> and, uh, not hashtags, <laughs> quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. I've got my bunny ears up. Uh, the agreement in quotation marks is the agreement states that the the governor agreed that the tribes, that the Comanche tribe could expand their the places where they have gaming facilities to locations outside of their jurisdictional area. And I guess with the Otos, it's the same thing. They could expand the places where they located gaming facilities to outside their jurisdictional areas. Um, from what I'm reading, I, I guess they also can do sports, sports betting. Um, and they also, the fees that they pay to the state, instead of, I guess, 6% is what the original fee was, they can pay 4%. So that's what the Comanches and the Otos are doing, <laughs> is that they see that it's a smart business model for them to make an agreement with the governor right now. First of all, Kevin Stitt can't make that decision. No. No. I mean, let's let's just put that out there right now. He cannot make that decision. No. No, uh under the under the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, there are very specific regulations that state how tribes go about coming to agreements with the state in terms of class three gaming. And from everything that I have read um, that they are not at all in compliance with the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act regulations. And so what does that mean? Everything, this whole thing is <laughs> just a dog and pony show? That's the million dollar question is what does this mean? There, there are currently, there, there is a federal lawsuit going on right now that is it hadn't even been settled it's in mediation right now it hasn't even been settled the Comanche nation are are named plaintiffs in that in that litigation and i i do not understand you know what what they're what well you know I, I don't understand why they chose to do this when they are named plaintiffs in the middle of this litigation. I, and, you know, I guess they just saw an opportunity and decided that they would go for it. I'm 
just I I'm not surprised surprised what I, I'm more surprised I'm not surprised at the Comanches yeah. doing that I, I'm uh, now that some of the shock has worn off I, I'm I'm not surprised um the Otos I don't know that much about um I know President Shotton and you know he always seems like he's pretty a pretty rational guy and always tries to make the best decision for his people so I will give him the benefit of the doubt on that however what the hell <laughs> i mean yeah. I'm, I'm more shocked at the break in solidarity than i am at the actual deal which i'm sure this it's it's been coming on in like waves yeah like i can't believe like just uh, like totally different issues among this huge thing just keep coming on me like man I, I think what you just said is what I have heard from numerous people is I'm I, I'm it's not unexpected. I'm surprised, but it's not unexpected. That's been the most common thing that I've heard from people. Um, m most tribal members who are aware of the litigation have been very supportive of the tribes uniting together and working together in order to try to come up with language and compacts that is going to benefit all of the tribes. And um, I think most tribal members have been very proud of the fact that the tribes have continued to work together. But I think also at the same time, people who work within tribes and and uh, work on work in a routine basis with tribes um, know that it's hard to get 39 different governments. 39 different sovereign entities all to speak the same voice and have the same uh, have the same things that they're trying to work towards. You know, it's, it's just like working with 39 different people. How do you come up with the same values and the same sets of needs and uh, things that need to be taken care of? So I, I think that, you know, people hoped that, that, the tribes would remain united, but at the same time, it, it's just, you know, the kind of the way that things work is that it's difficult to get people all to remain on the same, uh, with at, running towards the same goal at the same speed at the same time. I think my disappointment really lies in that, like, man, we actually had an issue where the tribes put it all aside and came together, and that is completely destroyed now. And I mean, not forget all the rest of the thirty-nine tribes within the KCA. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mean, I see your people stuff. Y'all yeah. are ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are yeah, some ruthless yeah. meme makers, you Kiwas. Yeah, but this, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen the memes also. <laughs> but, but I also uh, uh, understand, you know, what the disappointment within the KCA exactly is 
not only was this, you know, a group of 39 tribes that were all working toward, well, I guess, you know, you take out the two at the very beginning, but, um, you know, you know, more than 35 tribes were all working together towards this goal. And then to have the Comanches and the Otos pull back. And then the Comanches are part of the Kiowa, Comanche, Apache, uh, you know, land use committee, you know, everything that goes on with the, within the, this jurisdictional area that we share. Um, usually the tribes try to work together. The three tribes usually try to work together and the Comanches have uh, chosen to kind of go their own way on this. Um you know, from the from what I was looking at on the agreement, the Comanches, they were they are promised a facility near Will Rogers Airport. They're promised a facility near uh, along I-44 at Chickasha, and they're promised a facility on I-35 uh, down on the Texas border. So there are I'm, so many issues. With all of that, mm-hmm. I mean, not to mention when you're getting anywhere within that square mile of Will Rogers, you got to deal with the FAA. I don't care what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most surprising offer that I saw there was the offer for uh, someplace close to Will Rogers Airport, um, someplace in Chickasha along I-44. Depending upon where it's located at, that's the far eastern boundary of KCA land. So, that you know, that that's not so far out of the realm of possibility that the Comanches could put something there. And the same with uh, I-35, that's, you know, the far eastern boundaries of KCA land also right there, um, Jefferson County and um, uh Love County, you know, Love County is just, you know, that not that far away from uh, KCA land. So that, you know, having gaming facilities, those two places isn't such out out of the realm of possibility for the Comanches to have already had that without this agreement. But the um, but offering up a facility near Will Rogers Airport, that's that's something that I'm not sure how they're going to be able to do that because Oklahoma County, um, you know, it, it's not, there, there's not Indian jurisdiction within Oklahoma County. That's why there's no, that's why there's no casinos in Oklahoma County. Well, and I was just fixing to, I was just fixing to make that exact point. Uh, but with Chickasha, it's like, don't you think that if there could be a, casino within the Chickasha city limits that the Chickasaws would have already put it there instead of going eight miles up the road. They, they might, they might have there. There's probably some uh, business reasons why they haven't done that yet. And, you know, for all we know, maybe there is already plans to do that. So um, yeah, but I don't think the city, I don't think the citizens of Chickasha, uh, they don't have bars here. They're not going to have a casino here. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly. my point to it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, yep. it's a really difficult business environment, especially for a tribal mm-hmm. business. Right. I right. mean, the Chickasaws just pump money into this community, so mm-hmm. they're grudgingly accepted. And even they have to be eight miles out of town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, so 
But you know, I, you know, personally, you know, I, I was disappointed to see see this happen because I wanted the the tribes to be able to remain united. But at the you know at the same time, you know, I, I always have to look at the other side. You know, from the tribes' point of view, they were obviously getting some legal advice that um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the Otos and the um, Comanches they they have the same attorney it's the same attorney that's representing both tribes and has advised both tribes to uh work out a separate agreement with the with the governor so let's talk about that and let's talk about ethics Mm -hmm. and so an attorney who has Mm -hmm. clients like that you know uh Is that even ethical? I'm, well, I know it's. I know. I know that making a deal and all that. But what I'm saying is, I. It's just. It just. There's something that doesn't sit right with me about that. Yeah, I, I can see where uh, where somebody would think that you know it, it just there, there's something shady about that. There, there's a lot of attorneys in Oklahoma who represent multiple tribes, and. Um, a lot of times it's a good business model for attorneys to do that because they can can work on things that benefit um, multiple tribes and there there's because tribes have their own separate jurisdictional areas that they work within uh, a lot of times there's not conflict that exists between the tribes because each of them have their own separate governments they each have their own separate um, businesses that they handle within their own separate areas um, in in this situation I, I think it's a little bit a little bit more concerning because the this is the first time that you have seen in Oklahoma um, a tribe who is trying to move gaming into an area that is possibly within the jurisdictional boundaries of another of another tribe I, I think what the Comanches are trying to do is they're trying to move into some of the area, jurisdictional area that does belong to the Chickasaw Nation. It's it's a continuation of a fight that the Comanches have already tried to pick before. And lost. And lost. <laughs> I mean, lost. let's let's mm-hmm. be honest. They got worked. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they got KO'd. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, just the history on that is that the Chickasaw Nation, the Chickasaw Nation and the KCA boundaries, they abut each other. And they, uh, uh, the, the, the line, the jurisdictional line runs up through Jefferson County and up through Stevens County and up through Grady County. And uh, it's not at the county lines where that jurisdictional boundary is. And what the Chickasaws 
have done, and the, and they are good at this, is they will put gaming facilities right at the edge of their jurisdictional boundaries, and that I-35 runs right along the edge of their jurisdictional boundary, and KCA land is not too far west of that, but the the Chickasaw Nation has been really been able to benefit from that uh, from that corridor, that I-35 corridor, and has really been successful in putting gaming facilities there. And it doesn't all just have to do with the fact that they have that gaming corridor, that that I-35 corridor. That that's been a big part of it. But they, they are also um, uh, remarkable at how they how they run business models. Also, uh, they, they just had the advantage of having that I-35 corridor. Now the Kiowa Comanches and Apaches they've had the I-44 corridor. That's a that's a major route uh, from Texas and stuff. So um, I guess what the Comanches are going to try to do now is to try to take more advantage of that I-44 corridor there in uh, Chickasha. Um, but the what what the Chickasaws have done in the past is they had put a gaming facility in Jefferson County right at the edge of where KCA land is, and the Comanches argued that the Bureau of Indian Affairs was kind of showing favor to the Chickasaw Nation. Uh, the Comanches have been trying to get a um, some land put in trust in order to put a gaming facility um, uh, further east from I-44 and hadn't been able to get uh, approval from the Department of Interior. But when the Chickasaws went in and tried to do the same process, it it went through fairly quickly, fairly easily, and the Comanche Nation tried to sue the Department of Interior, stating that they had favored the Chickasaw Nation. Um, I think the Department of Interior was able to show the district courts, the federal district courts, that they followed uh, ever, you know, they followed everything to the T that they needed to do in order to get that land uh, approved and to get that uh, gaming facility uh, built according to you know, according to DOI guidelines, according to Indian National Indian Gaming Commission guidelines, and uh, the Comanche Nation lost that lawsuit. So that that's where there's maybe some bad blood there. Well, but that's what I first thought about was this is just some kind of backdoor for that. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing. I, and and again, I mean. I don't know much about the Oto tribe, but but again, uh, President Shotton seems like he's a reasonable guy, and they've they've actually done some really good things for their community and things like that. So I I I can't judge on that. Yeah. I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But you know, just I guess it is that old. Uh, what do you say? I don't even know, like bad blood, like that from the historical days when the Kiowas and the Comanches were, were warring. Yeah. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Like it there's something that way. Kiowa, <laughs> I don't care how much Kiowa blood that you have. Uh-huh. There's something about you, even if you are part Comanche, like Thomas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, damn it, Comanches. <laughs> but I, you know, I I hear what you're saying is that it's hard to get that 
that uh, that bad blood that Comanches and Kiowas and Apaches that you know that that feeling that they've been done wrong and hold on to those grudges and stuff that it's hard to get past it when you're one of those one of these tribes and that was the first thing I thought when I read that when they were you know it's clearly the governor has has given the Comanches the ability to be able to put gaming facilities within the Chickasaw Nation. That's the first thing I thought of also. And, okay, so nobody was social distancing. I saw that. And, and <laughs> that, was probably the, that was probably the most shocking thing of watching, watching it on TV was nobody was social distancing. <laughs> and, and you're going to hold your mask <sighs> like, like you have a mask. <laughs> But you're gonna hold it for your photo op? <laughs> like it's, it's almost like watching somebody receive a smallpox tainted blanket exactly. live on TV. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that was the most shocking part. I, I was shocked that they were on TV uh, making an agreement with the governor, but. <laughs> You know, I, was, I was even more shocked. Where are your masks? <laughs> it's come to that in these days. Where are your masks at, people? <laughs> I, I guess it's a good thing that they weren't all like shaking hands, like doing that world leader shake. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was glad they didn't shake hands also. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they can use that to get out of this eventually. <laughs> There was no handshake. (laughs) Well, from the sounds of it, I mean, this deal may as well have been done that way. Yeah. For for all of the the credibility that it has. Well, and and again, too, and and being witness to, you know, the the KCA my entire life, the, the individual decisions that each of those tribes makes does affect each of the other tribes on, on a certain level. They have a lot of business. They share a land base. They share a land base. So every decision that one tribe makes affects the other two tribes. And, you know, that, that's, you know, that, that's the basis of the work that we do at oils is, everything is based upon the land that the tribes have. Everything they do, their sovereignty is based upon the land that they own. And when you share land with, um, with another, and, and the, uh, you know, the KCAs are the only ones that really have that, that issue in, in Oklahoma is they share that land base. Now there are the individual allotments, you know, the individual allotments are divided up by tribe, but that, that whole area down in Southwest Oklahoma, it's KCA land. And they make, they make decisions usually together about, you know, how the land is going to be used down that way. And I think that they all have to agree. It has Mm -hmm. to be a unanimous decision, which is why the wheels of economic development roll very slow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so with our last few minutes, let's talk about the implications for the compacts going forward, because there are still 35 tribes on this that say, hey, these compacts renewed automatically. And now that people are talking about reopening, Mm -hmm. where does that 
I worry about that because the tribes have been united in working with the governor. They were fairly united. Some of the tribes were pulled kicking and screaming, but they were they were united in the efforts to close gaming facilities. Um, you know, my, my concern is, is that, you know, you see two tribes who, I, I guess that, you know, that was the first, uh, um, you know, lump in my throat when I saw that the Comanches and the Otos had agreed uh, to make an agreement with the governor was the first lump was, oh my gosh, uh, who's going to be the first tribe now that starts opening their facility because they, they have to in order to be able to keep their government going. And that's, so, something, that's something too that I hope tribes take away from this is alternative ways to grow your economic development rather than basing everything on gaming and oil. Yes. Yes. Because that all bottomed out too. Yes. And and you know what? Oklahoma's not in a good position right now. No. And that's one of the things that uh, we need to put on deck for next week and talk about the implications of leases. Oil leases. Oh, yes. Um, yes. On trust property. Because mm-hmm. now, I mean, a lot of people were only getting a few dollars anyway. Yeah. What's that going to look like? There's, yeah, some people are only getting a few dollars, but there are people in Oklahoma who who get a substantial portion of their income from uh, oil leases, oil and gas leases. Yes. And so mm-hmm. we want to Tribal sure- members. Yeah, we want yeah, to make sure that we talk about the elder tribal members at that. Uh, exactly, exactly. So we want to make yeah, sure that I'm, we talk I'm about bored. that. Yeah, I'm worried about what the implications are for tribes, you know, what they're going to do in terms of opening up business now. Now that, you know, you've got some tribes who are kind of pulling away from that United for Oklahoma. Oh, man, it's... It's going to be a wild ride. It always is when you're ending, but that's right. <laughs> this is that's right. Hey, that's what makes that's what makes it interesting being an Indian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sure do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us as usual for this week. And uh, don't forget, if you have any questions for the Oklahoma Indian Legal Services attorneys, you can submit those to uh, info at talkjive.org, or you can submit those to our social media pages. Either way, we'll make sure that the fine attorneys from OILS get those questions and get those answered for you. And uh, don't forget, they still are providing services throughout this time, right? Yes, we are. And so uh, if you would give us your 800 number and so, and, and don't forget folks, if you, uh, if you don't have anything to write with, you can always go to the talk jive homepage and click on the oils icon and that will take you right to their homepage. And so uh, just make it's sure you one eight. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. It's the oils. One 800 number is one 800 658 1497. 800-658-1497. Make sure you got that. So, okay, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, if you miss any of our past episodes of Ask a Lawyer, all you got to do is go wherever you get your podcasts and check them out. Or you can go to the Talk Jive homepage and click the podcast tab. 
I'm Kelly J. Lewis with Stephanie Hudson of Oklahoma Indian Legal Services. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Have a great day.